In the Sefer Torah Devarah, we are up to Noise Avain. We're finishing up Noise Avain before we get to next week's Forever Al Pesha. And we started yesterday the Mimer from Rabbi Avram Gijinsky from Slabatka, the Mashkiach, and Torah Savram on his Mimer called Valachta Bedrachov, where he's discussing that the concept of Valachta Bedrachov, of specifically the Midah of Noise Avain, we see the most. When it comes to the Gemara that, that talks about Torah's Tchilasik Mil's Chasadim, because the Kaddish Baruch Hu clothed Adam and Chava. So we stopped halfway through the Mimer. I want to continue the Mimer because I looked at it again and I think there's a, a the hair that we need to still get to. Shefa Chesed Shalamida Rishayno, that Chesed that Kaddish Baruch Hu, the Hashpa of Chesed that Kaddish Baruch Hu gave of that first Mido, meaning the Hashem Kaidim Shiechto. With one sin, that shefa done. Because there's no more kardim shi'echta. The only way Adam survived was because there was the second Hashem. Hashem Acha Shiyechta. Uvachain. Kol chait vachait. Avim kvar asa chuva alov. Even if he did chuva on Avera. Vaharbi yoisim loy asa chuva. And even worse, if he didn't end up doing chuva. And who could honestly say he does tshuva like Adam Rishon does? 130 years of fasting and so on and so forth, what he did over there. We're elevating Hashem's midas chesed. Because every time I sin, that bring, don't, don't, you don't have to do, you don't have to be Magdalakadosh Baruch chesed. But that's what see, so it's happening. Every time you sin, whether you do tshuva or you don't do tshuva, even more if you don't do tshuva, you're creating that Hashem's chesed even more because I'm less deserving of his kindness. And yet he's being more nice of him. More generations there are. And yet the world still exists. And everything's working normally and healthy. There's plenty of bees. That just shows. Hashem's chesed now is so much more so much more we and how hard we have it how hard it is for Yidin and Golis every day is worse than the day before this question pierces and penetrates our brain. What happened to Hashem's chesed? Why does he seem to hide from us? So what do we usually do? You're like, we, we think about this Yisurim, but you know, you know, six million people didn't survive. At least my grandparents did survive. And, then, you know, and he brings the example. Like It's a song that the game came and destroyed the English. It should have been a Kino Asaf. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu Took out his anger on stones and bricks and when we take care, how is he played to the soul? So Nuhamazu he he and his stopkis bemuid, Bhasha Shalomakh. Like 
all right, you know, like it could have been worse. Uh, we look at Hashem's chesed as, you know, he, he, he could do much more. I mean, he could make the inflation really, really get bad. So it's only at 9% or 13%. It could be, there were times it was at 28%. So like, we're like we feel comforted that the chesed could be less, and it isn't. But is that chesed? Lafia Emes, what the truth is, it's a wrong perspective. Chesed Hashem itanu who believe gvulubli safe. Just the opposite. Hashem's chesed is boundless. It's endless. Chesed Hashem ha'olam ki churbena olam v'yisuro v'rabim. From the fact that the world is falling apart, ma'arim al-chatoim v'rabim v'avoyin yisatsum shal b'nei derein uzeh. He's talking 100 years ago. The world is falling apart with all the sin and with all the horrible things that are going on. V'chom ha'ashem ha'sifim ha'doris l'chatoi. And this is a cumulative. Because this is going on another few years, another few years, and it gets worse and worse. The more we go on with this stuff, the more chesed we need. Of Hashem The smallest amount of chesed at that point, no matter how hard it is to live at that point, the little chesed we get today is so much more worth than the lot of chesed that they, or the more chesed that they got 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago. Because there's so much more chet today. There's so much more accumulation of, of chet, agabe chet, agabe chet. So the tiny chesed, go to the marshal that we give. The parent that just got battered by a child Week after week, day after day, month after month. When, when he's been doing this for years to the parent, and the parent still does it. Even if he does the smallest thing, he just lets him live in the house, or lets him into his house, or buys him, buys him food. He's not giving him whatever, he's not... But that's so much more, because the father's the parents are so much more hurt. Every detail is so large. You can't fathom it. Now, 1940, we really don't even deserve the little chesed that we're getting. We just, we, we don't realize what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is dealing with. How much pain he has. She doesn't have pain, she doesn't have trauma, she doesn't have any of these things. But let's, if we could plug in just as, for a human being, just so we could be mobsled in our brain. The amount of trauma HaKadosh Baruch Hu should have from all the things that have been said about him and done to him. So imagine how, how little he, he really would want to help if it would be you, if it would be a human being. So imagine the little that he gives, how much that's worth. Amr Babrach, as Gemara says, Allah Gishamim, Ma'am Mavarach, Gemara asks, when it rains, what bracha do we make? Omer of Yehuda, Maida Menachnu Lecha, Kol Tipa Vatipa. I thank Hashem for every drop of rain. Rabbi Yechonim Sainbar, Rabbi Yechonim said, 
We should add ilufinu mali shirikayom v'chulu ein anu maspikim v'hayusachav v'chulu al achas mini elav ad kedei kach eruchu chazal as chesed Hashem's baruch shabachol tipa v'tipa shal gishanim. They realize that every drop of rain is really a chesed because we don't deserve even a drop of rain based on what we're doing. Bahagoshes akaros tayvik dalu shizu shikizu anu 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 balam. If you if you can live with that perspective, then. Where do we come from? They looked at rain and were like, wow, we didn't deserve that. Wow, thank you, Hashem. And we're like, like Hashem, it's not raining. Do you realize how much less you deserve rain than Rabbi Echelon deserved rain? And yet we come to expect it and we come to. to go on and on because it's a, it's, a nice, it's a nice long mimer. But the Nakuda of the Noise Ovain that Akadish Baruchu is, Tafel, Tafel the fellow. And the truth of the matter is, that we have to be like that with people, as we're learning from the Torah Devarim, and we are like that with people, but we're much more like that with Hakadosh Baruch Hu Himself, as we discussed by the last meeting of Mikael Kamecha, that the Eibush is a sovereign, and we have to be a sovereign also. We discussed that from the Rabban in Parshas Vaschana that we are sovereign. Hakadosh Baruch Hu has done things to us that are very, very hurtful. Okay, maybe we deserved it. Fine. But I don't know if all the six, six million people that got killed and the two million little children that got killed, if that they deserved what they got. Again, obviously they deserved it. Because knows what he's doing. But did they know that they deserved that? Did the people that witnessed that know that they deserved that? The people that didn't know that they deserved that? Well, the people that, there's so many people today that are walking around with their own little holocaust in their life. Whether it's with health issues or shalom bias issues or with chinachabanim issues, whatever it is, mental health issues, they have their own little holocaust. It doesn't have to be six million people. It can be six million cells that are suffering. But anything. And yet, we come to Shachar. So I'll tell you about the There's a story. There was a man that was uh, he was a famous writer in Israel, and he writes in one of his books. That he was, he was doing. He went to, to Germany to go to. He was doing some research on the Holocaust, whatever it was, and this was like thirty years ago, forty years ago, and uh, the seed was going to the airport. Uh, he was going to. No, he was in Poland. I'm sorry, not in Germany. He was in Poland, and he went to, to Warsaw to, to take a train. He wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael. He was an Israeli writer. He wanted to go back to Eretz Yisrael. So he, was, he went to Warsaw to the train station to take a train. There was no flights from Warsaw to Israel at that point. He was going to take a train from there to Prague and take a flight from Prague to Israel at that point. That flights from Prague to Israel. And he goes to the train, and as he gets to the train, he sees another person, and she, another Yid in Warsaw 40 years ago. There wasn't that many, you know, you didn't bump at the Yid, you know, a lot. And she says, You're going to Israel? He says, Yeah, I'm going to Israel. He says, What flight? He says, Oh, I'm going to Prague. He says, Oh, so my father over here, he's also going to Eretz Yisrael. He's older, and he's, you know, he's, he's, he had a hard life. And um, I was wondering if you could, you know, look, look after him. So where's this flight from? It's from Paris. The train continues, and goes to Paris. He has a flight from Paris. He goes, on the train, I'll look out for him. That's a couple-day train ride from Warsaw to, to Prague. So they get onto the train, and he tries to make some light conversation. This guy's not having any light conversation. Not having any deep conversation. He's not having any conversation. It's very hard to talk to someone that don't respond. 
even though I do it recently a lot. But, but uh, you know, it's, it's hard. Well, let me tell you, it's, it's, it's very taxing to talk to people when they don't talk, respond to you. And, um, you know, listen, the old man doesn't want to talk, no one doesn't want to talk. At one point, the old man asks him, he, he turns to the old man to offer him, I'm forgetting maybe all the details of the story, but the Nikud is the same. He asks him if he wants something to eat, and the man says he has. So he has to go up to the top, on top, on top of where he sits, there's a rack, and he takes down the luggage. He opens up the luggage, and he sees in the luggage, talus and filling, and a shafer, and a candlestick, and a menorah, and matzo balls, whatever. He has, like, he has Yiddishkeit in the luggage, and a couple of shirts, and pants, and shoes, and, like, he's, you know, he's going to, he has Avdolokan, whatever. He has, he has all the basic essentials to be a Jew. Anyways, so... He gives him a cookie from whatever he has, and the man eats it, and he asks him if he wants a drink, and the man didn't have a drink, so he said, yeah, I'll take a drink, he'll take a drink. But Ramesh, he couldn't, he couldn't get anything out of him. It was like Ramesh dry. This guy, like, like, he was looking into a person that looked like he was dead. It's like, he writes, it's like, I was looking at a person that was dead. But the man didn't want to talk, I'm not going to force him. Fine. I lay down on the car, you know, it's, it's getting dark at night, I, I lay down on the bench to, to take a, a nap, and I... I go to sleep and twisting and turning on a train 40 years ago in Poland. I mean, but, you know, it is what it is. That's what you're used to. And they got on the train. He's heading, heading down towards Prague. He wakes up t- towards early daybreak, and he sees that the old man is laying on the bench next to him. And uh, his eyes are wide open. He's, he's not sleeping. He asks him, he says, did you, did you sleep? And basically, not as said, no, I didn't sleep much. He says, I am so sorry. Can I make you comfortable? He says, no, I don't. I don't sleep much. This man obviously had a story to tell. This man obviously had a lot of demons and, and that he was dealing with. And, you know, fine. He just, this yid, he says, he was a firm yid. He takes out his talus and his tulin and he starts to tavern and he asks the yid, do you want me to take down your talus and tulin? He goes, no, I don't, no. Fine. This yid takes out his talus and tulin, he davens. He also had a minute after davening, he made a l'chaim, he brought along some schnapps. So he takes a little bit of schnapps and he turns to the yid and he says, would you like some? And he said, yeah, that'll take. Finally, like the first time he got a response, he took a little bit of schnapps and he drank and he says, finally, the yid started talking. Something like a little bit of schnapps. And the yid starts saying, he says, I saw you daven. I can't daven. I saw what Hashem did to my family. I saw what Hashem did. I have nothing left. I'm alone in the world. I have two daughters. I have one that lives in Poland, one that lives in Yushalayim. That's where I'm going. I'm going to Yushalayim. I'm dying. I'm, I'm old. I just want to die in Eretz Yisrael and I want to be buried in Eretz Yisrael, but I, I can't talk to Hashem anymore. Man rises, I'm thinking. He has Tal Sotol in his bag. He has, he has a whole Yiddish guy wrapped in a bag and he, he's... Fine. And the man finishes after a couple of minutes, you know, saying, saying some of the horrors that he saw and the Holocaust. And, and the man's like, I don't want to talk anymore. I'm not going to force you. Okay? Anyways, the guy says, I, I, I conked out, I fell asleep. I'm like, Two hours later, I woke up. And the man's still sitting there, staring out into space. The guy didn't, didn't sleep. I mean, staring out into space. And he takes out another shot, another l'chaim, you know. And he uh, figured, maybe it worked last time. Maybe it'll work this time, too. And he offers you a l'chaim, and he takes another l'chaim. And he doesn't talk. It didn't work. Not talking. The man was manish, tense, and balanced. And the whole day passes. This man's writing articles for his book or for his whatever. And this other guy is just sitting and staring into space. The manish looks like a skeleton. As it's like getting, you know, the sun's starting to go down. I, the guy didn't daven. I thought, last he daven when I napped. Like, he couldn't believe it. Like, the guy was saying that he would never daven. But on the other hand, like, he couldn't believe it. Like, why does he have all that stuff in his luggage? And the Yid writes, he writes this in an article. 
He said, I was getting close to Shkia. And the man taps me on the shoulder. He says, do you mind taking down my, my suitcase? Said, sure. And he takes out his talisman to him. And he makes a bracha. What's it says, makes a bracha. And he puts it on. He says, Shema. It was the whole thing, the whole film process took a couple of minutes, but, but he did it. And, it was, and he says to him, I don't, I don't understand. He says, I'll tell you the truth. I am part of the What I saw, what Hashem did to me, I'm, part, I'm 100% part of the And I don't want to daven. And I don't daven. I don't daven. He said, What you just saw is me having Rechmanas on Hashem. He says, but there's never not enough hidden left still to daven for him. So a little bit I'll do for him. A little bit. This not for, I, I don't daven. For him I put on tefillin. For him I daven. Because never what's left of Yiddishkeit. There's not that much left of Yiddishkeit. It's, it's the 50s, it's the 60s, whatever it was. So I do this for him. Because never who does he have left? He has nobody left. Talk about a year that's a nice oven. This man's carrying in his mind Hashem's sins. I'm not putting on talents until him. There's no way. For you, Hashem, the one that stabbed me in the back, the one that sinned towards me, but you're such a nebuch, Hashem. You have no hidden that are putting on talisman tool anymore. You used to have 8 million, and now you're down to 2 million. Nebuch. So I, I'll, do, I'll do it for you, because, because I love you, Hashem, even though you stabbed me in the back. We all are noisy ovens. We're not to that extent. We don't watch our family go to the crematoriums. And we don't say, I'm not davening today. Well, maybe sometimes we do. But we, we, sometimes, we all have things that sometimes we feel like Hashem stabbed us in the back. And yet we come to learn, we come to daven, we shake the lulav. And sometimes we're not, we're not interested. I'm just, I'm not interested. Are we not? No, you say Hashem zavon. Hashem tzilcho. Hashem looks at us and says, if you could do this for me, I'll do this for you too. I know you've hurt me also. And that's the point of learning to have a device, to learn how to live like HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And and be, be like that, and we could, we could motivate HaKadosh Baruch Hu to act with those midas that we need. We need that. And every time you come to a matzah where you feel like, whether it's with Hashem or with a family member or with a co-worker or with a whatever, whatever it is, like, the guy is stabbing me in the back. Whether the guy is Hashem or the guy is whoever that person may be. And sometimes it's the Yetzirah himself. You with, you with yourself, sometimes you're like, I, I can't live with my oven. I'm embarrassed about what I did. I can't. Okay, but never Hashem needs people to doubt him. I, I'm not doubting. He needs. He needs. Well, I'll do it for him. I'll do it for him. Here's a year that went maybe years doubting right before Shkia just because Hashem needs people to doubt him. Not that I'm doubting him. I, I'm not doubting him. Such a murdering and miser about what a year is. We're nice to and we ask and we hope because Baruch will be nice to also. Because when we do it, I say Lufanik, I say the Azeh, because Baruch does as well.